I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth in Mission. The Biden administration has been in the crosshairs in recent weeks because of the worsening crisis at the southern border. Disturbing images of desperate Haitian immigrants getting rounded up by Border Patrol agents on horseback have drawn fierce criticism. And back in June, there was also Vice President Kamala Harris's stern directive to Guatemalans coming to the U.S. Do not come. Do not come. Border policies always stoke intense debate over immigration laws in any administration, and they often get most of the media attention. But there are other kinds of immigration challenges, ones that aren't as overt and horrifying, ones that have a quieter desperation but also place immigrants in precarious positions, including immigrants here in the Bay Area, specifically in places like Silicon Valley. Why? Over 1 million highly skilled immigrants, like tech workers from India who work at places like Google and Apple, they have been stuck in a seemingly never-ending waiting room while they await green cards that will grant them permanent legal status in the U.S. Sometimes they wait as long as decades, and that has had devastating consequences for people's lives. The backlog has reached an unprecedented length, and skilled Indian workers make up 75% of that group. This year, thanks to pandemic-related drops in visa applications, these immigrants were optimistic because 120,000 extra green cards became available. But instead, the U.S. government is allowing most of them to vanish by September 30th. Chronicle immigration reporter Deepa Fernandez joins me to explain why. So, Deepa, your reporting highlights how the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services failed to issue all the allotted green cards available this year, even though there's a backlog of more than one million highly skilled immigrants who have been desperate for one. What exactly happened this year with employment-based visas? Well, in some ways, Cecilia, it was kind of an exciting moment, Um, you know, one year ago, October 2020, when all of a sudden there was an excess of visas that didn't get issued in the family-based green card category. And that was largely because consulates around the world closed. Um, So there was this excess of about 120,000 green cards. And the law says if all the family-based green cards don't get used up, they get passed on to the employment-based category because there are set numbers for each one. Now, this rarely happens because there are so many people who have applied for green cards in both categories. So 2021, the fiscal year of 2021, started with this boon of like 120,000 extra green cards. Now, this was just exciting to people, mainly Indian nationals, who are mainly foreign workers from India. But the really interesting thing, Cecilia, is many of them have lived here for a decade plus, some of them even longer. So, you know, their kids have grown up here. So their kids might consider themselves Americans, not Mm -hmm. Indian necessarily. You know, even their parents have put down roots here. They've bought houses, but they've been waiting in this green card backlog. So all of a sudden it appeared for the first time, maybe in a generation, that the government might actually make a distinct um, effort or, or, or might like cut back at that really long backlog that you mentioned of, of a million people. But what's happened now, you know, we're days away from the end of that fiscal year. September 30 is the end of the fiscal year. And the government has said that they are not 
going to be able to process 80,000 of them, so more than half of the extra green cards that were issued. And when they don't get processed, you know, they that that that's it, you know. Right. So this seems a little complicated, but we're talking about employment-based green cards. And can you explain the immigration law at play here? And why is this affecting immigrants from countries like India that you mentioned and China the most? Yeah, it is very complicated. So I'm going to do my best to simplify. Um, what really is happening here is that there are two ways, two main ways to apply for a green card. You can apply based on a family member, a, a close family relative, or you can apply based on your employer sponsoring you. So what we're talking about here is the employment category. And because there is this, this little known part of immigration law called a country cap. So, you know, the intention was that no one country can take all of the green cards. Mm -hmm. but, but what that's ended up doing is only impacting nationals from two countries, India and China, and really impacting nationals from India. And so many Indian workers that I spoke to just said really blatantly, this is racist. This is not right because the country cap is only affecting us and to a lesser extent, Chinese workers. But why, what they are saying is, you know, if there was not a country cap, um, Indians are sought after. They're brought here. They're highly skilled workers. They're brought out mostly by technology companies. You know, there's some in the medical field and, and they come on these high skilled work visas. And within, you know, a year or two of being here, the companies appreciate their work so much that they apply for them to stay and become legal permanent residents. And and that is, you know, that's the legal term for a green card. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that there's such a number of them coming in that they hit the 7% country cap really quickly. And then everyone who's applied that year gets put into the backlog. And that backlog is just exponentially getting bigger. Right. So these country caps, you know, I mean, this backlog must be a long time in the making. How long are we saying these people are waiting for? You know, some have waited you know, for over a decade. Um, and, and I've spoken to lots of people at, at all points of the wait, you know, and it's a very disheartening thing on the one hand, because, you know, you know, when you come here now and you put your application in, that if someone from another country puts their application in at the same time as you, they're going to get their green card within a year, you know, mm -hmm. and I can use myself as an example, um, just of, how this system is not really working. So Cecilia, I'm Indian. I was born in India. Um, my parents immigrated to Australia and that is my citizenship when I came to the United States. When my employer applied for my green card, I was Australian. Um, and when my green card was processed, it happened very quickly. Indians who would have applied at the same time as me might still be waiting today. Mm. And the rights, I, I went on to become a citizen um, soon thereafter, the rights that you're afforded by being a green card holder is really what's the key here, is really what's it, the, the impact, how the impact is felt. 
You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. There are more than a million immigrants that are in this backlog that you're describing. Can you tell me more about the immigrants in the Bay Area that you spoke to? These are highly skilled workers who are really contributing to the U.S. economy, right? They are. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I spoke to one man who works in finance and he pays millions of dollars in taxes over the last few years. He has paid Um you know, he has been here now for going on over a decade and, and he's still waiting. His number came up this year, so he's hopeful. And, um, you know, I spoke to another another man who was, un- he's been here for, for, you know, going on close to two decades, but he's been waiting over a decade for his green card. And he didn't get to see, didn't get to be with his father as he passed away from a sudden diagnosis of cancer. You know, and I think this really speaks to some of the challenges because traveling, it's possible, Cecilia, but it's really complicated. And, and, and especially in COVID times, and especially, you know, when you don't want to risk missing your appointment, you know, it's just, it's not like, you know, a green card holder or a citizen can just get on a plane and go wherever they want and turn around and come back whenever they want. So it's just this super complicated um, process that has meant many people have have not been able to, they've missed out on, on major things happening in their families, you know, and connected to this is the families of those who are the foreign workers, the wives or the spouses and the children. Um, the children you know, if if their if their parent does not reach the green card by the time they turn twenty one, they're out of status. Let's hear from one Bay Area resident, Kati Sangui, who is facing exactly the challenges you're describing, Deepa. She and her husband are from India, and they both work in tech and are parents to two children. Kati and her husband are now facing the reality that their children will have very different futures because of this green card backlog. Let's hear what she has to say. Hi, my name is Kati Sangui. I was born in India and I arrived in US in 2017. I live in Fremont uh, in Bay Area and then uh, I work for uh, Amazon. When we arrived, uh, it was me, my husband, and our five-year-old daughter. She is born in India. And then now we recently had newborn son uh, who is four months old now. Through our employers, we, uh, we, we, me and my husband both got uh, shifted from India, uh, Bangalore, to, to Bay Area. Uh, that's how we arrived. And after we arrived here, uh, within six months, uh, our respective companies applied uh, for our green card. They valued us, right? So uh, since then, uh, we are in this uh, green card backlog queue, and it has been uh, about five years, more than five years, and we haven't got it. Uh, and that is just because of the system, how it works, uh, because uh, the green card uh, issuance works based on uh, the country that you are born in. So uh, there is a huge queue, a uh, very long queue that will take 150 years if you if we go by the current numbers and current uh, uh, speed that it is processing. Uh, 
we would take 150 years for to get our green card uh, so uh, see the first thing is i think about uh, you know when i'm thinking about my two kids the priority for any mother would be giving the equal uh, opportunities and equal life for both the kids which is the fundamental problem that i'm facing my uh, elder daughter is born in india she came here when she was 5 year old and uh, she would have gone through by 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 the time she turns 21 she would have gone through all the professional uh, studying is education system she would have gone through us right but she is indian citizen because we are not going to get green card by that time so if we don't uh, and she turns 21 uh, she is no longer my dependent our de- dependent that means if we do not we are alien same way she will be alien and she will have to self deport herself to india the country which is actually alien to her so at no fault of hers she would have to go uh, back to india uh, uh, because we chose to give her life and you know we chose to be here for our life right uh, and it will be different for my son who is citizen by birth so my my son will not face all these challenges so uh, it is it is morally uh, really difficult for me because my daughter can say that to me that uh, you did not give me equal opportunity as my brother right we have contemplated so long that we might want to go back to india at this point because uh, we don't want the situation to be that difficult then right so that means that we will go back to india and us will lose out on our uh, you know uh, the the expertise we bring here right that was kati sangwi she and her husband are indian immigrants who work in tech Deepa, it sounds like this green card issue has such a wide ripple effect on families. What other challenges did you hear from the people you spoke to? I can't tell you how many people I've heard from who had to quit their jobs because they didn't get their renewal permit. These are spouses of the foreign workers. Mm. Um, you know, and a lot of these are very highly skilled workers too. So it's it's really led to a very stressful and anxiety-filled kind of life that people are le- leading while you know the kids are in the local schools they're paying lo- they're paying taxes they're part of their local communities like life is really here and it has been for years and years but they're living in this precarious reality and how has USCIS which is the agency that issues the green cards how has have they responded to these frustrations i understand there's a lawsuit facing the agency as well Yeah, I mean at this point USCIS is just kind of thrown its hands up and said we're doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there was definitely a hiring freeze during the Trump administration. You know, this is an agency that needs more staff and needs it quickly. Um and and it's 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 a fee-based fu- it's a fee-based funding. So the fees that all these immigrants pay for all their services is what funds the the processing of their visas. So in many ways you know immigrants especially indians who are in these um high paying in these employment categories there's a lot more fees they pay more money so in some ways they have even more gripes because they're paying a lot of money and they're not getting anything back you know for many of the humanitarian type of visas the fees are not as much so mm-hmm. so they're subsidizing asylum seekers and other kinds of humanitarian um processes yet they're not moving they're stuck in this line and and their situation hasn't improved at all so 
So, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's really a case of, you know, USCIS. And we heard that, you know, the new director said that, um, you know, the staff are, are being pushed to work the maximum overtime they can, you know, and to that many immigrants said back to us, they need to hire more people. They need to be more efficient. So then, Deepa, is there anything that can be done about this issue? So there are, um, you know, Congress is the only um, way, Congress, through an act of Congress, the country cap could be could be eliminated. That would then allow for the processing of these visas. Um, could also allocate more money to USCIS so that they could staff up, um, you know, lift any hiring freezes, and staff up so that you can actually process more visas. Um, You know, it all comes back to the country cap issue. And so there is a piece of legislation right now called the Eagle Act, um, and it's sponsored by um, Representative Zoe Lofgren, but it's not really going anywhere. And that's also frustrating immigrants. And, and, and Lofgren has introduced a version of this for the past few years. And, you know, it's it's gotten bipartisan support. So this is not an issue that's polarizing in the way that some other immigration issues are. This one has wide bipartisan support, but always at the finish line of previous bills, there was something that needed reconciling between the two houses and it never made it over the finish line. This year, when all those kind of issues are reconciled, you know, Lofgren told um, the Chronicle that actually it seems like this year there's 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 more opposition from constituencies from other countries who think that it won't be fair if the uh, if the cap is lifted because then they might have to wait longer. Yeah, and so where does that leave the Bay Area immigrants you spoke to? Do they just have to stay in this very long waiting game until something substantially changes in Congress, like you mentioned? You know, essentially, yes, Cecilia. That's kind of what they're looking at. But but you know, they're they've been really pushing for legislative change. So you know, their 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 constituency is growing in terms of its political voice. And I think, you know, they have bipartisan support for what they're asking for. What they need is for it to be pushed onto the floor and and pushed to a vote. And whether that happens, we'll have to wait and see. Well, Deepa, thank you for your reporting and chatting with me about it. This is affecting a lot of Bay Area residents, and I appreciate you highlighting this issue. Thank you, Cecilia. Deepa Fernandez is an immigration reporter at The Chronicle. Thank you to Kati Sangui for sharing her and her family's story with me. And thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening. 